All right. We are live from the Barstool office. I am on the third floor. Frank is in the stool streams. This is Barstool Units. It is, uh, let's see, by the, when this airs, it'll be Friday, October 21st. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, uh, the hockey season's now started. Uh, the potential center food. That good, huh? Oh, incredible. Yeah. You know, the fact that you can't get any special order should be the alarm. That should be the alarm. That you can't get anything special order? What do you you mean by that? Yeah, like, like if you don't want, if you don't want pickles on your burger. Uh, oh, you mean or lettuce tomato? What? You mean if you, if you don't want pickles on your burger, it doesn't matter. Like it, they make all burgers the same way, and if you don't want pickles, you're, yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. You know what, Frank? I'm gonna go ahead and say it here. That's the final strike. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on the devils. I'm out. I'm out. You're t- you're telling me I can't order a cheeseburger without pickles? Right. I'm out. I'm out. I wash I wash my hands of the entire organization. That is outrageous. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. It is malarkey. It is balderdash. And I will not be a part of that organization as a fan. I won't do it. I'm done. I mean, uh, and this is, a, 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 this, is supposed to be a, this is supposed to be a quality burger. They call it a blackboard burger. With a brioche bun, and it has cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickles, and uh, I asked, could I get it? Uh, could I get it without the uh, the lettuce, tomato, and pickles? And nope. And all the burgers are sitting under a heat lamp mm-hmm. for God knows how long. Yep. The uh, so the burger was barely warm. Fairly warm. The brioche bun was was sour. It was hard. It was very hard. The bun was hard. And, I know, and, and, and there's a difference between a, a hard roll and uh, a brioche bun that's uh, sour. And this bun was sour. It was like 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 it was like 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 five days old. Uh. It was sloppy. The cheese was put on there sloppy, happily, haphazardly, and it was terrible. It was a terrible burger. And they have this new thing called a split top hot dog. And the cheese, they, they pour a cheese sauce on, they, they split the dog and they put it, pour a cheese sauce over it. The cheese sauce was all over the place. It wasn't necessarily on the hot dog. It was like half around the bun. It was like, like just, and it just sits there, sits there under heat lamp. They, they have tater tots now. And the tater tots I had Saturday night with the uh, chicken tenders were fine. And I think that they sell a lot of chicken tenders. So there's a lot of turnover with the chicken tenders. Because I think most people who go to the Prudential Center know that that's about the only edible thing at the damn place. And uh, yeah. th- those were good. Uh, and the chicken tenders were a little overcooked, which kind of, uh, which some people may not like. I actually kind of like it like that. But the hot dog was better than undercooked. Yeah, better than undercooked. And and uh, and and the uh, 
the, the tear tots were like half cooked and tasted like they were sitting in the oil for uh, uh, the 20 minutes before uh, cold oil before they actually started cooking them. The, yeah. the, then they also had fries, which were underwhelming, undercooked. How do you have this. such little pride? Well, and, that, and that's the thing. We've, we've talked about this before. You know, I, I rooted for the Devils last season. It was like, a, you know, it was like, a, you know, when you when you first start a job, you have like that 90 yeah. day probationary period. I wanted to root for the Devils. I wanted now, to root for. Them. I've heard stories. I, 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 won't, I don't go to that many games, obviously, because I, I root for the other team. I hear. And it's the same. It's the same concession management company. I uh, I I hear that it's basically a lot of the same shit goes on at Yankee Stadium. Really? Same same food provider or whatever. Yeah, Legends Concessions. Yeah, that may be. Which, but uh, Frank, which, by I, the way, know, is owned by Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to disparage Jerry Jones on this podcast, but. Um, yeah, you know, basically, I, I was I was rooting for the Devils. It was, you know, listen, you have an extra season ticket. I wanted to get an NHL. I was like, hey, cool. I'll go to games with Frank. I'll root for the Devils. They've got a great alumnus of fans, you know, New Jersey people, uh, Putty from Seinfeld, Danny DeVito, Kevin Smith. I was like, that's a that's a cool fan base that I can, you know, that I can get behind. And Listen, I'm a Jaguars fan. I I can get I can get through losing seasons. I'm I'm used to that. I'm conditioned to losing seasons. So the fact that the team didn't win much doesn't bother me at all. But the fact that the organization itself doesn't care about their fans and doesn't care about the the actual game day experience. Not only do they not care about their fans, they don't care about their fans that are actually spending money at the arena, I'm out. I'm out. If if I have the choice, this isn't something that, you know, I grew up with. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I have to do it. It was a probationary period and they failed. They failed. Uh, I'm out. So I guess I, you're I, uh, I, not, I, uh, not don't want to go uh, to uh, mascot madness on uh, Saturday already confirmed is the mascot of the wild and the uh, ducks. Yeah. Frank, um, I'm not 12. And so the idea of spending my Saturday, instead of watching college football, going to an NHL game where I know the people putting on the show do not give a shit about the people that are there, but they're going to, you know, prance out some mascots. Listen, here's the deal. If Blooper's going to be there, I'll be there. If Blooper's not going, I'm not going. No, the, the I, no absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, I don't know if I've made it official or not, but we'll just call it now. It's official. I'm 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 done with the whole organization. The last time the Devils did a mascot madness was just when uh after Gritty got announced mm-hmm. and they had like several different mascots. Yeah. And uh uh NJ Devil walked around with an orange mop with uh, googly eyes on it and called it gritty. Yeah. But listen, I mean I'm you know I'm done. I'm done. I'll still go to some games with you here and there, but uh, I just, I just, I, I can't, I cannot actively participate 
in that in what is a sad, sad organization. And and the fans shouldn't put up with it. I I I get it. Maybe if you were born into it or you were raised that, you know, you've been cheering for the team for a long time, but uh, you know, the, the fans shouldn't put up with that. They shouldn't have to. I think the only reason why I'm gonna still do uh, concourse food, at least for just the, the time being, is for content only. But the uh, uh, I'm seriously looking at the places and uh, around uh, Prudential Center and saying, boy, that 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 that, that might actually be a good uh, food item before the game, rather than going into the game. Yeah, especially when Hobby's full is, is fully open again. On Hobby, Hobby's. I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's about three blocks from the Prudential Center. Classic Jewish deli. Mm. Great pastrami sandwich. I, I, I like a good pastrami sandwich. Yeah, all right. So that's basically the, the NHL. Um, you know, good, good luck with the Devils, Frank. I just I can't do it. We'll see. Well, that, I, you know, I, we'll, 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 see I, we'll see if I start on another team. We're just waiting for uh, Lindy Ruff to get fired. No, Frank, that's all that. No, no, no. Because even here's the here's the deal. The same organization that is putting out the garbage food and that treats its own fans, it's paying customers like shit is the same team that is holding on to Lindy Ruff. Um, That's getting rid of Lindy Ruff won't change the fan, the game day experience. This is how they treat you fans while the team is bad. You think if the team is good, like the game day experience is going to get any better? And I don't want to. I don't want to pile on you here, Frank. I understand. Listen, you're a Devils fan. You're going to stay a Devils fan no matter what. Uh, but I, I have options. I have choices, and uh, I, I choose. I choose to be better. Hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair response, Frank. Hmm. That's a fair response. Well, we'll see if we can get to some minor league hockey games at some point this year. Love minor league hockey. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's. Listen, the Devils, the Devils have a bad owner. Um, probably not the worst owner in sports. The worst owner in sports may go may go to Dan Snyder, the Washington Football Team, Washington Commanders. He's an asshole. I think There's that's no other in, way to describe it. Dan Snyder is an asshole. In in, in, fact, in so in fact, legal terms, I think that is correct. In fact, in a new in a new edition of the dictionary, if you look up the word asshole, you will see Dan Snyder's picture there. Yeah, I talked with a uh, a lawyer, Dan Lust. He's a sports lawyer. I talked with him yesterday. I'm actually putting that out. That video should come out today. Uh, but we went over it. I mean, the amount of stuff that has come out and the investigations that have been done in the past two years. So it's very revealing. Yeah, he has implications and uh, accusations against him from everything from sexual harassment to cooking the books. Apparently, you know, saying that a lot of the ticket revenue, more ticket revenue came from country concerts and college football games than the actual uh, NFL uh, games. (laughs) And that's that's where you go. That's that's where that's where you mess up. If you're a rich person, you can steal from poor people all you want, and most likely nothing's going to happen to you. Um, when you begin to steal from other rich people, 
because they profit share. When you begin to steal from other rich people, you, you, that's when you're getting in trouble. Um, so, yeah, there's that along with all the Gruden stuff coming, you know, the, the Gruden emails and everything. I mean, it's. Uh, what what this what what this shows is that Roger Goodell is an ineffective commissioner. And we talked we talk, I talked with uh, Dan Lust about this. He Roger Goodell pretty much is paid to be the front man. He is paid to stand there as like a shield and basically block the owners and to do what the owners say. So uh, obviously Roger Goodell lied under oath when he was asked about Dave Portnoy and he said, Oh, I'm not familiar with this situation. That's obviously a lie. So Roger Goodell, you know, is a, is a piece of garbage and he's lied under oath. He should probably, uh, he should probably face some perjury charges for that. But when Roger Goodell says, Oh, you know, you know, we don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about that or whatnot. Or as far as like an owner's voting uh, Dan Snyder out, it's probably because he knows that there aren't enough owners to actually vote him out. And Dan well, Snyder. He, uh, did. <clears throat> Dan Snyder's done a good job. He, he's like, uh, he says, uh, I got dirt on every one of you. Yeah, we, we talk about that. And well, so he has released a letter to <laughs> other owners saying, I don't have dirt on anyone. I, I didn't instruct anyone to spy on anyone. I, you know, they're just trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to put a to put dirt on my name, which is a tough defense when you've put dirt on your name. Um, but yeah, here's the thing: he needs what twenty four. They need twenty four of the thirty two owners to uh, agree to kick him out. So he only needs dirt on a few on a few owners because he doesn't. And we, I talked about this with Dan. He doesn't just need dirt on eight owners. He needs dirt on enough owners that are friends with other owners to where they all agree, Hey, we want to save this one person or save this second guy. Um, so it's, it's tough. And uh, no owner has been removed as an owner in all four of the sports leagues ever before. They've been pushed to sell. They've been pressured to sell. Um, but no one's actually the process of actually removing an owner has never has never happened before. I know the uh, I know the Phillies had that in both. There's been two cases in Philadelphia where it, it would have happened if it wasn't the owner didn't step aside. And one case it was a Phillies owner that was uh, betting on the Phillies in the back in the forties, and he actually got kicked. He got suspended. He. But basically, the, the, and when he got suspended and uh, barred from owning the running the team, his investors sold the team. Yeah. And uh, the other case was Leonard Toes of the uh, Eagles, who had went was going ba- personally bankrupt from his uh, gambling and uh, and uh, alcohol habits. He basically, the owners were going to force him out. He sold before yeah. that even happened. Yeah, and most likely that's going to be the <clears throat> that's going to be the situation here. Um, you know, again, the odds that Dan Snyder could sell the team and probably make five billion dollars. The Denver Broncos went for four and a half, right? You're talking about Washington D.C. You're talking about Virginia, Maryland, the District of Columbia. It's a big market. There's 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 no reason that team couldn't sell for five billion dollars. 
um, but we talked about this yesterday. When you're a billionaire, billions of dollars doesn't mean anything. It's and, all about and, and, and he puts nothing into the team, really. Now, he goes out and he signs players. He puts money to try to sign players. That stadium is crumbling, and it's a 25-year-old stadium. It shouldn't be crumbling the way it's crumbling. Well, not only so not only does he have a bad stadium, but he's in a situation where Virginia, Maryland, and D.C., they all want a beautiful new stadium to have events at, but none of them will work with Dan Snyder. And we talked about this where, so if Dan Snyder can't get a new stadium, even if everything else didn't happen, if the NFL has an owner where their stadium is garbage, they're not performing at, a, at the revenue they should be for their market, and they can't get a new stadium, that could be a reason to remove him as an owner. Now, obviously, that probably would never happen. But if you're talking about, hey, listen, we all profit share and your market is not making what it should and no one wants to work with you, you know, I, I don't I don't see the I don't see the team getting a new stadium unless Dan Snyder is, is not the owner. What's funny is Jim Ursay is the first owner to actually come out publicly and say he needs to go. Yeah. And he's the guy that uh, he's the guy he can't dig up dirt on. Because well, exactly. everyone just knows. And that that's the whole thing. And he, he he said he can you can investigate me or you can spy on me till the cows come home. All my stuff is out there. Um and I, I haven't followed it too closely, but apparently Ursay in the past decade has worked pretty hard on, you know, I guess not trying to correct the mistakes he made, but, you know, growing and, you know, doing charity work and everything like that. And, you know, trying to make it. Yeah. I, I think he had a yeah. substance problem. Yeah. I don't know alcohol, drugs, but he's, he, yeah, yeah, he's, he's had, he's had substance abuse issues. He's, he's better. His father was an asshole. Jim Rose's father was an asshole. Mm. Um, he's, he's the guy he's that the guy, moves the, the team in Indianapolis, and Jim Mercer has been a little bit, a little bit more accommodating, a little nicer guy, but he's a little weird. He's a little weird. He's got, he's got a little bit of, he's still got a little bit of that fodder in him, but he's, he, he's been, he's been good. He's been good for the city of Indianapolis. He's done a lot of good, and uh, he's, he's, he's had his issues, but I mean, he's eccentric, but. He he knows when there's a guy that's bad because he worked for a guy that was bad. Yeah. You can well, see and signs. Yeah. And so here's the thing. So you have – it's not just that he came out and – because usually with the owners and, you know, with any kind of legal issue or anything, everybody says wait for the report. Oh, we're going to wait for the report. So not only did he come out and say we don't need to wait for the like we have enough evidence now to make a decision without a report officially coming out but he actively went against another owner and i think it's telling that Roger Goodell didn't come out and automatically say he shouldn't have said that i think that means that Roger Goodell feels that he has it's not just Ursay but he has enough other owners to where they may you know, call a vote. I, 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 I don't, I don't think they could move. I don't think he's going to get, I don't think they're going to get to 24 to remove him, but I think they'll get a simple majority. Yeah. Well, well, they need 24. They need 24. And I think, I think if they get a simple majority, it might be enough to, to push Snyder to sell. 
So you, I, I don't know. I think that I think that might that might make him dig his heels in. Yeah, he could. That he, I, he I could that's possible. Now, now, and now he knows. Hey, I know who's on my side and who's not. Now he knows who to go after. I so I don't I don't know. I think if I think if they call a vote, just like just like with any political issue, you, you don't call a vote unless you unless you know how the vote's going to go. Yeah. Did you see uh, Jerry Jones and him got into a squabble and then there's talk about Jerry Jones sexual harassment? I think we already seen some of the dirt that he's dug up coming out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and. And Jerry Jones, and we talked about, again, I'm referencing all this stuff that I talked to Dan Lust about. Uh, we had a whole conversation about it. Jerry Jones is the exact opposite owner of Dan Snyder as far as the league, as far as the NFL is concerned. He may be a dirtbag. He may be a, you know, a piece of garbage in when it comes to the, the social issues or the personable issues. But as far as an o- owner, Jerry makes money. He brings in money for the league. And when you bring in money, when you're an earner, you get away with certain things. You know, what was funny is, is about 30 years ago now, uh, 1995, he started making side deals. And the owners were pissed. And Jerry Jones says, fuck you. I'm making side deals. I'm going to make more money. You're, you could, you're, you're more than welcome. And he made yeah, like yeah. side deals with Pepsi. He made side deals with Reebok. He made side deals... With all these companies, all of a sudden, an owners basically were like, "How's he? How dare he do that? We're supposed to be profit sharing." He goes, "He goes, here, I'll give you the number. Talk to him." <laughs> and all of a sudden, they talk to these guys. All of a sudden, they said, "Oh, geez, we can bring these, make this money too." And then all of a sudden, they put yeah. he brought in more com- big companies into the NFL with uh, with these side deals. And then also the other one said, "Oh, wow, he's a trailblazer." The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> people who are cursing him. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what I don't know what the um, terms are exactly, but it's my understanding that when it comes to profit sharing, at least for merchandise, the Cowboys do not profit share with the other teams. Yep. If you if you see a shirt or a jersey or anything that is Dallas or has the Dallas Star logo, that is a da- like Dallas is the team that's getting money for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The it would there are like all these companies. Uh... Teams used to have different jersey manufacturers. Used to work mm-hmm. out their jersey manufacturers with different yeah. teams, and the Cowboys in the early '90s, when they were winning uh, three Super Bowls in four years, their merchandise was everywhere. They they became a worldwide brand. Yeah. The 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 uh, the, the two, uh, around the globe, the two most recognizable New York sports teams are the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Yankees. The two most noticeable New York teams, the, the no American teams. Gotcha. Okay. The two yeah. most notable American teams the are the Dallas and Cowboys. Cowboys and New York Yankees. Yeah. And that now, and it, it was that when they started calling them America's team. Uh no, that started in the seventies. Uh, in the seventies, and what what was yeah. the what was the uh, what was the start of that? What was the reason for like how did that begin? All right. In the seventies, um, the Cowboys were on national television a lot. Gotcha. And so, kind of Notre Dame is the college team for New York. Yeah. So, teams like like uh, at the time, the Jets and Giants really stunk. So, a lot of like uh, New York fans 
instead of becoming Jet and Giant fans, became Cowboy fans. I joined a lot of Cowboy fans around here. And what it was was, it, 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 there, there, there are three teams in the, uh, the mid-70s, mid-late 70s, that really took off. And the Dolphins were kind of like the fourth team in that, but they were like a little, they were a little ahead of the wave. So what it was was that the Raiders were like the uh, the outlaws. The outlaw, if you're like if you're like a, an outlaw, you became a Raider fan. The Steelers became like the blue collar team, and then the Cowboys became like the glitz, the glamour, everything. This everything's this. They had a cat. They had the uh, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, and they had a uh, an, a quarterback from Navy, Roger Staubach. Yeah, Heisman. So American. that became like, oh, okay, this is the all-American team. This is, this is what this is what America is all about. Is the Cowboys, American dream, the hole in the roof. They used to have the old stadium had the hole in the roof. They said was, and and the the reason why they designed it with a hole in the roof was so God could watch the Cowboys. <laughs> That's good. That's I, I like that branding. And so okay, so they were American. And then team. he had his coach, like Tom Landry, with his fedora. And Tom Landry is one of the most classy guys, soft-spoken, always wore the suit, and it was like the it was like the image that you wanted. This is the image that they put it. It was like a an image. The Cowboys are this is America. Yeah. That's how they became America's team. And they and they played on prime time a lot. Yeah, they were on prime time a lot, or they were on playing like a a big football game against uh, for first place or in the playoffs every year. Yeah. So I tell you what, another team that plays primetime a lot, maybe this will be America's next team. The Denver Broncos. I mean, I I think they might need to just make this open up the seasons. <clears throat> when does uh um uh when when does it open up where they'll move teams or will they'll move games around? I think it starts in the next couple of weeks. Right. I think they they may need to just they they may need to start that earlier in the season. I mean, they may they may need to start the shift earlier in the season. I mean, to get four four of the first six weeks, the uh, Broncos are in prime time, and they are just they are a bad they are not an entertaining football team. Not only Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. I don't know if he's hurt or he's washed. But Russell Wilson's reputation has taken a beating, especially with Marshawn Lynch and uh, Richard Sherman both coming out and saying, oh, we would like to talk to him and give him some words of encouragement. But uh, he doesn't talk to any of his teammates. You have to go to his management uh, team. Yeah, that's the I mean, I if you were a Russell Wilson fan, like hearing that, I just. I That doesn't make I, him look like a good guy. There's no excuse. There's no there's no excuse. I mean. Listen, we can laugh and you know about the cringy subway ads and the you know the Mr. Unlimited. Like that's all that's all funny and everything. And like whatever, he might just be a corny guy. You know that's that's whatever. It's it's funny. But on the football field, as a leader, as the quarterback of the team, you're telling me players on the team can't get a hold of him without going through his manager. I if you're if you're on his team and that's the case, I don't know why you would play for him. Did you, and you, and you could tell looking at the Bronco players that they don't like him. Yeah. You, you saw the two Broncos like like looking at him and like talking behind his back. You saw the one guy that was staring at him 
And he's yeah. just like, Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. There was, I saw a meme like, say, let's ride one more motherfucking time. Say, let's ride one more time. Um, I mean, and, and, and their coaches, the coach, the coach is, is really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. I, I, I like, I like the Monday night game in overtime. The first punt, the Broncos had 10 men on the field. On the second punt, they had the, uh, the blocker backed up and, uh, ran into the returner and, uh, the, the punt was fumbled. And that was a game winning field goal for a kicker who kicked four field goals on a sore hamstring. Yeah. Dustin that was Hopkins. not a nice game. The Chargers got four field goals with a kicker with a sore hamstring. The Broncos scored 10 points in the second quarter, three points the rest of the game. And that was the Monday night football game. Yeah. That, well, that's, and I'll, you know, that's Dustin Hopkins, FSU, FSU kicker. Um, and yeah, so it's not, and it's not just the Broncos are bad. It seems that all the games they're in are bad. So it's not even, it would be one thing if they were just getting killed and it was funny to watch because here's this team having to play primetime games and everyone is just destroying them. No, the games themselves are difficult to watch. They're terrible. And I don't, I still cannot understand why Denver went after Russell Wilson. They gave up so much money for him. They signed him to a five-year extension before he even took a snap. I don't, I, I just don't understand it. And the draft picks they gave up. I mean, this is I mean, drafted multiple QBs each year and just done a, you know, a competition. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Seattle's doing is playing well with uh, Geno Smith, who's who's looked good. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson. He's looked much better I mean, than I, I've never seen a quarterback that fell off the cliff, and and his reputation is getting destroyed in Denver. Yeah, destroyed his legacy. Yeah, he might he might as well have just retired. Well, they they've got him for another what uh, seven years. Yeah, ah, uh, Denver, Denver, Denver. I. I mean, we won't even we we in future episodes of uh, I'm going to be speaking with Dan Lust, the sports lawyer. We're going to we're going to do a kind of like do a series on that as far as legal issues with sports. I don't I don't know what's I, well, I do know what's worse. So Denver, that was I mean, what I don't know what they were doing, but that is horrible. We will maybe we'll talk about this on another episode. But Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland gave up picks and they gave Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. And that's a whole other ordeal. That's a whole other ordeal. Deshaun Watson is supposed to be playing his first game, what, week 11 against the Texans? Uh, week 12, I believe. Week 12? Yeah, because he has 11-game suspension. So week 12 against the Texans. So that'll be his first game played. But he's getting paid for all these games. He's making all that money. I, I don't... I don't know. I I guess I just don't understand sports business. Yeah, the Browns were right to uh, the Browns were right to to, to 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 pull the plug on Baker Mayfield. It's just they basically punted this season. They punted this season. Their defense isn't very good, so they punted this season. And uh, their only hope is that somehow maybe they're on the fringe of the playoff spot and. 
Watson can play well enough to get them in, sneak them in somehow, I doubt that's going to happen. But they they better hope that uh, Deshaun Watson is uh, all his legal matters is done. That um, that if he goes to a massage parlor, that they actually are full service, or he doesn't go to the massage parlor, that he doesn't do this again, because it, it, it's, I mean, if, it, if this continues to happen, if this happens again, he's done. Yeah, and the Browns basically get nothing and don't have the draft picks or capital to even recover it because they traded it all for him. Yeah. And I, I was, Dan mentioned this to me uh, on the podcast. He said, even if other things come out because the NFL has had their investigation and they've punished Watson, the 11 game suspension, even if other new accusations come out, if they are involving the same thing, the same type of action, and they're in that time period as all as everything else went down, then the NFL is not even going to look at it. The NFL has already basically said, hey, whatever happened during this time period with these type of actions, we know about it and we're okay with that. We've you've you've received your punishment. And so it's kind of like a double jeopardy issue. They can't come back and say, oh, well, no, now this is new information we didn't have. It's like, no, you had investigation, you did everything, and this is his punishment. So even if new things come out, if they're similar and in that same time period, the NFL can't do anything about it. So Deshaun Watson might be guaranteed all the money. He might walk away with all of it, even without playing. Very risky, very risky. I mean, if Watson comes back and is, and is able to put this stuff behind him, the Browns got themselves a franchise quarterback. If not, they got themselves a headache. Yeah. Every, well, not, and not just, not just a headache, but like every – I mean, imagine, imagine every game there's going to be the visiting fan base or the, the fan base of, of the game where they're at. The visiting team or the opponent, the opposing team, their, play, their fans are not going to – let that slide. Oh no! Especially when so it goes into Pittsburgh. Every game, especially when they go like to some place like Pittsburgh or something like that. Well, I Pittsburgh mean, might not be the best. Pittsburgh might not be the best comparison there. Maybe a maybe a team who hasn't had a quarterback. No, but may, may, maybe Pittsburgh might not be the best comparison. But uh, but uh, but Steeler fans always like like just like are brutal to Browns fans. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Of course, then you got the Battle well, of Ohio. You know, it reminds me of the uh, the time Sam Weish, a coach for the uh, Bengals. Fans fans were upset at a call by the referee or throwing uh, things on the field. Yeah. So the Bengals coach grabbed a microphone and said, "The next person you see, actually, it was, actually it was snowballs. It might have been snowballs. This was late in the season." The next person you see throwing snowballs on the field, point them out and throw them out. We don't do that here. We live in Cincinnati. We live in Cincinnati, not Cleveland. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, and what year did that happen? Like 1990, 89, oh, that's, 90. That's, that's, a, that's, a good, that's good foreshadowing. That's good foreshadowing for the Cleveland-Jacksonville game that would happen, what, nine years later? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That um 
Yeah, just a lot of a lot of stuff I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, speaking of, of bad business, um, well, potential bad business, um, there was some stuff in the card hobby uh, this week. I spoke with a because listen, we have breaks where you can buy into spots and listen, buying sports cards just like buying Pokemon cards or any other kind of trading card, you don't know what's in the pack and you are putting money into it. It can easily, people can easily make the, the assumption that it is gambling. People can make that claim. And I don't think anyone would be, uh, I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. I, I don't know anyone who would say it's not in some form gambling. Um, but we have an issue where there's some breakers down in South Florida who are hitting all of the major breaks. Um, and basically they hit like a $2.4 million card. They're hitting the four jackpots basically. Mm. <clears throat> and, you know, everyone kind of says, Hey, this doesn't seem right. It seems like they're hitting an awful lot of hits. They're getting a lot of the great cards that are coming out of the product. And so it's, it's fair to assume like, Hey, they're opening up a lot more product than other people. So if they open a lot more product, it's fair to assume that they'll get more hits, but somebody actually, you know, did the math on it and I'm, I'm not a statistician, so I can't guarantee the math, but basically he said they would have to open up $40 million worth of these three products to even have a 0 0.05 chance or a 0.5 chance. So a one in 200 odds, and uh, so I, we posted that. It, came, it went out last weekend, and uh, people are talking about it. But I mean, have you ever? Did you ever deal with this uh, when you were collecting? Was there any ever inkling that uh, when you bought a box of cards, you know, the good cards had already been purchased or had been, you know, like the Monopoly McDonald's Monopoly game? You know, other people, the big, the big people in the hobby were getting the good cards. Did you ever feel that way when you were buying cards growing up? Well, the inserts were really only in its infancy when I was uh, doing cards. So mm -hmm. there really wasn't a hunt for the inserts as there is now. Yeah. And the, uh, so that wasn't even existing. You, 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 uh, when I was doing it, it was the junk box era. And mm -hmm. I collected cards just to get the complete sets and build yeah. the sets. So it wasn't this in terms of uh, looking for the great cards like that. that well, that didn't exist. So you didn't, and yeah, because that started what, like n late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, that's when they started adding patches and everything. So you, yeah, by that time you weren't really collecting baseball or football cards anymore. No, or not really. I was buying. Yeah, I was buying packs here and there. I wasn't really gotcha. collecting buying boxes. Yeah, how's the um? So we'll we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, there's been a lot. It's amazing how once you call out something as suspicious there were no accusations made it was basically listen there's a there's a possibility that they they found all these cards they got all the hits in a completely random manner um and that that's completely possible when you look at the numbers though it does look suspicious and you got to try and figure out okay well what are the possibilities is somebody at panini feeding them loaded boxes is there somebody in the where how does the distribution work you know, is this, is it, is there someone up top that knows which boxes have what and they're passing yeah. through that door? That, you know, that, that, those are questions that, that have to be answered. 
Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's, it's amazing how just asking the question, how many people on Twitter are so naive to say, you guys are just jealous. You guys are, it's like, what, you know, what, what do I get out of this by just being, you know, suspicious of a statistical anomaly? It's crazy. And, you know, I, I definitely think about it. It's, it's something that I, it's something that I'm having to figure out because it, it is a big card company, Panini. And it's one of those things, Hey, uh, you know, I have a large following. If I talk bad about them, you know, am, am I going to ruin a relationship? Am I going to burn a bridge before a bridge is even created? That's something I, you know, for a while I went back and forth on, like, you know, I've, I want to talk about it. I want to say something, but, you know, I don't want to burn any bridges. And then I thought about, you know, I didn't, I don't have the following because I was making bridges. You know, I don't, I don't have a following and I'm not talking about this, you know, so that I hopefully get some kind of kickback from not talking about it. And so that's why, you know, I sat down with the guy that made the thread, Eric Whiteback, and, and we put it out. And, you know, if, if I don't, or if I, you know, if I burn a bridge, so what, you know, that's, that's, you know, I, it, I, I'm not here it, at Marshall to, to, you know, it's, to, it's, it's, it's a valuable question. It's, 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 it's I mean, it, something does, something doesn't smell, something smells fishy and the way people act, it makes it even smell even fishier. That was the, that was the biggest thing is there's people that are, there's other breakers, there's other big breakers who are being very defensive. And it's like, okay, well, if you're being very defensive about this, it makes me think either, <clears throat> either some kind of, either you have something going on as well. And you just want this all to go away. And so you're just going to defend him or defend the breakers. Um, either that or, yeah, I just, I have to question what your motive is. Again, we're not, uh, there's no one pointing fingers and saying this person is doing wrong because we don't have any of the information, but just to have like a blatant, no, 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 nothing could absolutely, nothing could be wrong. You shouldn't look into this. It's like, all right, well now, now I really want to look into it because you're being very defensive. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Yeah, go, yeah, go away, go away. You know, that's not interacting. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but you know, uh, speaking of breaks, we had a break last night. Uh, you know, on whatnot that went pretty well. Got a a, a Bailey Zappy uh, autograph on card autograph. So that was a pretty cool card. It's, and I think that just goes to show how random everything is. If Mac Jones did not get a high ankle sprain. That Bailey Zappi card that I pulled last night would have just been whatever. But because Mac Jones gets a high ankle sprain, he's playing in New England, he's doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, hey, this is a pretty cool card to open. But, uh, you know, Patriot fans though would have went for that Bailey Zappi card, though. There, I, I had before even uh, Mac Jones got hurt, someone was telling me uh, that uh, a lot of people in New England are high on Zappi. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a six-round draft pick for New England, right? So help me God if they did it again. I, <laughs> I listen, New England, Tom Brady and New England killed my Jaguars multiple times in the playoffs. So I'm not a fan of them, um, but I can't imagine what you would feel like as a Dolphins fan 
if they found the next Tom Brady randomly like this? Uh, I, I'm telling you, but uh, Bill Belichick is act is 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 Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, he know, he knows how to work the dark side, I guess. Well, so on whatnots, we're, we're breaking on whatnot, um, but then also you have an auction coming up today, right? So by the time this airs, it'll happen. But yeah, uh, uh, they're auctioning off what? I had a Mets hat that I got uh, in in 2017. Mets sent me a package after uh, the, uh, the the Saudi train thing, and it was like an opening day 2017 hat, and I've been wearing it around. I wore it for part of the season this year. Uh, then the, uh, the back kind of like uh, unraveled, mm-hmm. so I wore it uh, when they played the uh, uh, in the wild card round, and uh, when they lost the game, I tore it and I threw it aside. Yeah. So. Uh, they picked it up, uh, and uh, it's going to be auctioned off to see if uh, how it does. And if it does well, I might do uh, more auctions. I might uh, sell yeah. my pants that I ripped on the LIRR. <laughs> They'll just have a, somebody is going to just start a collection of ripped Frank, ripped Frank uh, tire. Maybe I'll maybe I'll sell some of the glasses I broke. Yeah, some of the gla- maybe some of the chewed up T-shirts with the missing collars. <laughs> Well, well, we'll see how that goes, but uh, that, that should be interesting to watch. Let's go ahead and let's get into our picks here. Uh, we're, I, Frank, and I say this with all sincerity, we might be the best gambling duo at this company. I, I mean, uh, you, you can say that, but uh, if you do say that, uh, we're in danger of having a week where we go uh, two and eight. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. I said, maybe, um, obviously, you know, there's, there's some people on like, you know, pick central who have, you know, pretty good weeks and pretty good months. Um, but so far this season, we're looking pretty good. I'm at uh 36, 26 and three, uh, you are 38, 25 and two. Uh, so we're, we're neck and neck right there. Just a couple of picks separate us. And again, I, I feel comfortable saying it. We might be the best, uh, gambling duo at the company. You never know. Well, we we will know. We will know. The season the seasons are in stride right now. Let's go and start it off here. I'll let you go first again. Uh, let's start with the college football. All right. I hate this number. I mean, uh, I didn't like the fact that Notre Dame was seventeen point favorites over Stanford last week. Didn't think they'd actually lose the game. This week, I'm taking Notre Dame. Really? It's minus 27, but UNLV is horrific. The UNLV might be one of the, the 25 worst teams in the nation. And if Notre Dame can't beat them by four touchdowns, then Notre Dame, it, it, Notre Dame is going to go like six and six, and they're going to need a new coach. I mean, UNLV got, got, UNLV got demolished by Air Force. Hey, that that's Air Force, you know. You know, you know, you know, I think they, they 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 get blown out every week. So I'm I'm going to take Notre Dame. I'm reluctant to take the 27 points, but I'm taking uh, Notre Dame minus 27. All right. Now you don't. Now do you think? I mean, I can see them getting up by 26, and then you know they're nice Catholics, and they don't want to you know they don't want to bury the team, you know. So I can see them getting up by 26, and then just yeah, you know, yeah, that scares me. Yes. 
I just think UNLV is like is so bad that Notre Dame's gonna win by Notre Dame's gonna win by thirty, and they're not even gonna do it. They're, 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 it's good. They're gonna reluctantly win by thirty. And is this at Notre Dame? Yeah. Okay, so I was gonna say if if it was at UNLV, UNLV, you know they've got that slot machine on the sideline. That would that would that would make a difference. All right, the uh, next one I'm going with is uh, uh, TCU. I mean, uh, can we actually be seeing TCU in the Final Four? I mean, uh, good comeback win over Oklahoma State last week. Uh, they're three and a half point favorites this week against. Uh, Kansas State. I, I I guess I have to believe in them now. I'm going to take TCU minus three and a half. All right. Next next one is uh, 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 interesting Pac-12 matchup. Uh, UCLA has played really well to start the season. Uh, but now they play Oregon. I'm going to take Oregon minus six. This Oregon Oregon Let's face it, Oregon's always going to be a factor in the Pac-12 championship. UCLA kind of had – it's going to be kind of like a Chip Kelly day. I, I, I like I like the Ducks. All right. Uh, Ole Miss, they're riding high. It's time to take them down a notch. LSU minus two. Nice. And uh, – I'm going to go with the under in the Ohio State-Iowa game. The over-under is 49.5. Ohio State's going to have to get those 50 points by themselves. I was yeah. actually got a good defense. Yeah. They actually got a good defense. And so you don't think Iowa's going to score – and Iowa's defense is going to stop Ohio State from scoring over 50. Yes. Fair enough. I can see the, I can see the final score of this game being 37 to 3. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, hey, listen, those are those are five picks. And uh, we're going to, I, I love this because we're going against each other in a couple of them. So it means that we're, there will be some separation uh, or there's a chance to have separation. So here are my five picks. I'm going Iowa, Ohio State over 49 and a half. I did think about this. What if I just what if I just flipped all your picks? I was like, you know what? Somebody's going, somebody's going to do really well, somebody's gonna do really bad. No, we're gonna do Iowa, Ohio State over 49 and a half. I think Iowa could easily score 14 points, and then I'm not asking too much of Ohio State. It could happen. It could happen. Iowa's already 16. had like three games this year where they haven't scored a touchdown. I know. Listen, I you know I, I believe in points. I could easily see a 36-14 game. I'm all about it. Uh, so I'm going Iowa, Ohio State over 49 and a half. I'm doing a lot of states. This is Florida State's not playing, so I picked all state teams this week. I'm going Penn State minus four, Oklahoma State plus six and a half, Mississippi State plus twenty one. And I'm going against you there again, Kansas State, plus three and a half. I like all those picks. I'm excited about it. I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic that you and I are going on, uh, going opposite sides on two of the games, the TCU and the Iowa-Ohio State. I think this is my time to really, really get some separation 
on the season. Mm. You don't like my picks, do you? No. Good. That's great. That's great news, Frank. That's fantastic news. Um, you know, because even though you're winning right now, that's not going to last, Frank. I've considered taking Bama this week, too. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I think they'll they'll probably easily win. Um, but, I mean, Tennessee showed that they have some they have some issues that they need to work on. Yeah, how about that uh, the field goal, the uh, the throwing the uh, the uh, goalposts in the river? Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know why they did that. I don't know if I mean they I don't think they've probably done that in 10, 15 years minimum. Uh, but I don't know if I was a student or if I was a fan in Knoxville and I'm like walking down the street with a goalpost. I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to be the last person to hold on to this. And this is going in my living room. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, I feel like that should be, and I don't know if maybe that's a tradition somewhere else. Did that you would see be the, uh, the, it reminds me of the commercial last year, the uh, Fansville commercial with what? Uh, Brian Bosworth. The, uh, just, just, the fans came and took the goalpost and said, Do you see it? No. And the head, he goes, Oh, nice swing set. And the uh, kids, the goalpost is in his front yard and there's like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> swing got it. Yeah. And so that, so I don't know if it's a tradition anywhere else, but. And it, maybe they don't want it to make it a tradition because it would incentivize tearing down the goalpost, which is a fine for the school. And then the school also has to spend a lot of money buying new goalposts. Uh, I know I'm pretty sure at FSU, you'll never see that at FSU. They have, with five minutes left in the game, the state troopers come out like every five yards along the sidelines. And the field goal, I'm, I'm fairly certain this is at FSU, the field goal post actually come like they they lower them to the ground. They could lower them to the ground if they needed to. Um, but I could I mean, I think it would be a great tradition if if like, listen, if the goal post comes down, you just keep walking it up and down the street. You know, there's Gay Street in Tennessee or, you know, whatever street is right there on the river with Copeland's. But you just keep walking it up and down the street and whoever is the last person holding it, they get to keep it. Can you imagine like on Monday and Tuesday after the game, there's still these people just on the sidewalk holding these goalposts. They won't let it go. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I would love and and then you know the person last holding it, they get a goalpost. I I feel like that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, that was it was a fun game to watch. And uh, you know, as a honorary Tennessee fan, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game and, and all the all the celebrations from the fans. All right, you ready for NFL? Yep. <clears throat> All right, I'll let you All go right, first. there's hope that uh, Tua can return this week. Uh, uh, more, most importantly is the Dolphins uh, getting Armstead back on the offensive line. I mean, if I have to watch Greg Little and uh, Liam Eikenberg play on the left side again, I'm, I think I'm going to, like, 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 seriously, like, bang my head against the wall. I mean, uh, Sister Jean, the nun, Get up out of her wheelchair and sack the damn quarterback with Liam Eichenberg and uh, Greg Little blocking him. They can't block shit. The, 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 the revolving door downstairs gives more resistance to uh, the, the pass rushers than the two of those the, the, those fucking bums. Wow. Some, okay, some strong words from Frank. Strong words. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven. Right. I think that despite how the Steelers played last week, they're – they got a little bit of quarterback uh, issues. Pickett may not play this week. 
Uh, I, I, I think that the Dolphins come out strong. They, they make a statement on uh, Sunday night, and uh, I'm going to take Dolphins minus seven. All right. I'm going to – I'm gonna. T- the Colts have won the last two games and have done nothing to deserve to win those games except hang around and make a play at the end of the game. I agree. This week they're going to get throttled. I think the uh, Titans, who have already beaten them once, are going to beat them again. Titans minus two and a half. Uh, the Jets are due for a stinker. They've won three in a row. They're due for a stinker. They've gotten good defense. I know they're playing the Broncos. I thought about taking the under in this game. Instead, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the uh, Broncos. It's a vir- virtual pick 'em. I'm going to take the Broncos minus one. All right. I'm going to take uh, uh, in a rematch of uh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 45. I think the uh, Chiefs are going to go. Uh, Niners are a little banged up right now. Chiefs minus two and a half over the 49ers. And I like the over in the Ravens and Browns game. It's over 45.5. I think uh, Lamar Jackson has a big day. Ravens defense hasn't played well. Browns defense is terrible. That that looks like a, a game where the, the points are going to be uh, plenty of points in that game. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I like those picks, Frank. I agree with you. I think Tennessee is going to destroy Indianapolis. It was very upsetting uh, how Jacksonville, they came out looking great against them. And and I, th- I think Matt Ryan threw like 50 passes, maybe even more than 50 passes. <clears throat> and um, that was, that was tough to see them lose to uh to Indianapolis, but I think I think the Titans definitely destroy them. Again, we're going we're going against each other on at least one of these games, so I, I like I like these picks. Uh, so we'll start out uh, Jacksonville. This is going to be tough. Um, you know, I like Clem. I like all the Giants fans in the office. Uh, the Giants are going into Jacksonville. Danny Dimes looks good. Um, you know, no fifth year option. They they chose not to give it to him, but he's he's looking like a decent quarterback. Uh, this season. I'm taking Jacks minus three. I think the Jaguars, uh, Shaquille Griffin will not be playing this week. Uh, I think, I think he's out for the week. I think whoever is behind him steps up and we don't get killed on those long passes uh, from Danny Dimes. So I'm taking Jacksonville minus three. I'm taking Las Vegas minus seven. And here we go with the Denver New York Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Denver's garbage. The New York Jets are looking good. And the Jets plus one, you know, I I might be going on a limb here. I'm going to take the points, but I think they could win outright. <laughs> I think I think it's kind of a trap game. I think Vegas, I think Vegas put the, the Jets and Giants are it's it's like all the Jet and Giant fans are going to be betting heavily on the Jets and Giants. And that's when they get them. Both the Jets and Giants, I think, are due for bad weeks. Yeah, it's it's possible. I'm, you know, they're 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 looking good though. Um, I'm gonna kind of double dip here. I I told you last week. I, none of the overs last week excited me. I took the under. The under hit. Um, but I'm gonna kind of double dip here. I'm going Jacksonville, New York Giants over 42. 
I think I think easily I could see each team scoring 21 points. Uh, you know, Jacksonville alone, they've got James Robinson. He's going to run in a couple. They've got Etienne. I think I think if they figure out how to play the game like it should be played, uh, they can easily uh, score over 42. And then this one, I'm not, I'm not super confident in this one, but I'm going to go Green Bay minus four and a half. You know, I, I consider taking a lot of your picks. I consider mm. taking a lot of your picks. I'm torn on that because it, it's you, but at the same time, you're 38 and 25, and I, you know, I'm 36 and 26. So I'm, you know, saying you would take a lot of my picks. It's you know, I don't, I don't know. Is this? I, is this I, a- I stayed away. I stayed away from the Giants Jaguars because I know that's your pick, and I, I, I like the Jaguars. Yeah, I do too. I do too, Frank. So, well, those are our picks. Again, uh, you're leading right now. It's very close. You're leading for the unit belt, 38, 25, and 2. I'm 36, 26, and 3. Still, even though I'm losing very good record. Uh, but, yeah, cool. Well, that's Barstool Units. We will see you next time. Frank, do you have anything else to add? No, I don't. <laughs> all right so that's barstool units thanks for watching make sure to click like subscribe and all that good stuff follow us on social media frank please take us out <sighs> the Brooklyn nets still suck <laughs>